0: Hi everyone, uh, welcome to my podcast. My name is David and I'm an MSW student at UC Berkeley. Um, in each episode, I'll be talking about social work, uh, graduate school, productivity, or self-care. And I hope that you get a better sense of what social workers do and ultimately consider social work as a career. Um, this is a very hard but fulfilling profession. and Call me biased, but I love what I do. I love social work, so let's begin. So, in this episode, I want to talk about social work, and I want to talk about what it means to advocate for your clients. Right. So, as a social worker, it's it is a part of your scope of practice, and also your code of ethics, the NASW code of ethics, to advocate for the client's needs, right? But at the same time, promote their self-determination. Advocacy, in this case, means representing your clients, right? Representing them in clinical meetings, representing them whenever you talk about ethical dilemmas, representing them when they're in crisis, uh, representing them when you talk to them, because there are times where you talk to your clients and they end up doing things that are against their their best interests, right? Like, for example, they you've done everything you could to schedule appointments for them to get their entitlements established, right? And there's pressure to meet certain um, appointment dates in order to move forward and eventually get your entitlements. But as a client, you're feeling like this is too fast, you're feeling overwhelmed, but you still want to get services, right? And so you're at a place where you're Just being iffy about what to do, and you end up, you know, not doing something, right? You end up just being paralyzed, not showing up, not being responsive, worried that you might disappoint me as your social worker, and you're just, you know, at a standstill, right? You want change, you talk about change, but comes to doing it, you're just not ready yet, right? So as a social worker, I look at your situation and I say, yes, I get it. I respect the right to self-determination. But I also let my clients know that, hey, we're on the right track right now. And this is part of the process of getting your entitlements, right? It doesn't happen overnight. When you want to get your entitlements established, you're going to need to follow the process, right? And trust the process. And if you don't follow through, you don't get your entitlements, right? You end up with nothing. Uh, And we're going to have to start this all over, right? I don't think that's... And you're, I don't think that's what you want, right? Maybe that's what you want now, but what about tomorrow? What about the next day? Because if you miss today's appointment date, you're just, you're going to have to start over. There's just no other way of saying it. Let me just be very blunt with you, right? And so we can go right now together to the office to see an eligibility worker so that they can help you establish your entitlements, we're a step closer towards reaching your goals, right? And we're going to be heading in the right direction, right? We're doing the right thing here. We're doing the best in here, but at the same time, I want you to know that it's up to you. You can decide what you want to do right now. So what do you think? Right? So what I did there was an example of, you know, advocating for a client, right? I wouldn't say it as long as I would say, it, uh, you know, just now in this, in this, uh, episode, um, of the podcast but i'll say something along those lines right sometimes you can just say in a couple sentences sometimes you have to elaborate right it just depends on the client's level functioning um for people who are lower functioning i tend to use less words but for people who are higher functioning i tend to be more articulate right and try to show them insights uh on on reasons they they should get their entitlements established sooner rather than later, um, so it's you know as you can see it's very nuanced between everyone, and um, you and you try to be as sensitive as you could to to where people are at. Um, that's the kind of advocacy that social workers do every day that goes unseen, right? That goes unnoticed by people that don't understand what social workers do, right? And I get it, right? Not everyone's a social worker. Everyone has different career paths and different interests, and they they specialize in that too, right? But I specialize in social work and specifically talking about, in today's episode, how to advocate for your clients, uh, and it's a very rewarding experience, right, when you see clients go through their treatment plan and they eventually reach it, right? It's very gratifying, very satisfying, Um, and it's not that scary, actually. From my experiences of helping clients navigate the system. Clients eventually realize that this is not a scary experience to go through, but this is a very necessary part of it. And depending on your level of functioning, it may take you a week, it may take you a month, it could take you a year, years. Um, Everyone's different, right? And when it comes to advocacy, too, um, you know, going back to what I said earlier about advocating for clients during meetings right so bringing up those complicated cases right and using the case conceptualization format to to discuss to discuss excuse me to discuss the 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 client situation right. And ask for recommendations on what to do because there's just no easy answer in those uh, in those meetings, and sometimes it's simply about venting, right, and letting it out, letting your supervisor and your coworkers know what's going on, how it makes you feel, and what kind of support that you need in order to help the client uh, get back on their feet, right? So it's a very therapeutic space during clinical meetings to talk about complicated cases. That's one of my favorite things to do in social work, being in those meetings and just enjoying the conversations that flow out of it. Oh, There's a fire truck. yeah why is there a fire truck right now? Oh, it's pretty loud. I'm sorry. yeah, it's going away um uh, so so that's advocacy in an agency during clinical meetings, and earlier, we talked about advocating for the client's best interests when they are going against their self-interest. So I wanna now talk about advocacy uh, for your clients when it comes to uh, interacting with service providers, right? One of the lessons that I learned from a clinician that I was working with in the past is that sometimes when it comes to advocacy, It's about negotiation, right? It's about negotiation with your service provider, so the director of the program that you are engaging with, and letting them know that Given the client's symptomatic behaviors, if they are discharged right now from the hospital, they are discharged from a residential treatment program, that they could end up relapsing, right? That they could end up in crisis again. And the last thing we want to see is them cycling through the system and not getting adequate care to eventually head towards the path to recovery and wellness, right? We wanna let the, the service provider know that, that this is in their best interest when you grant them an extension to to uh, stay in the program. This is the best way to prevent the compensation, to prevent them from being 5150, right? So being brought to a hospital for for an involuntary hold because they are in crisis um, for up to 72 hours. And sometimes the director of the programs will be on your side and say, yes, we will support you, and we will grant the client an extension. Other times, they will not. And they'll have to discuss this with with management, and management ultimately decides the faith of the client. And sometimes it's for the better, and sometimes it's for the worse. It's just, I've seen enough scenarios where there were just all sorts of different outcomes and there's delays and and uh, coordination of care because of it and it's the client ends up being uh, being the uh, casualty here and it's it's sad it's frustrating and I get that too right it's just... The service delivery could be improved but it's never perfect, regardless of how much it's been improved upon. But regardless of its imperfections, the advocacy must continue in order to help the client on the micro and meso level and also on the macro level too and, and this is where you are going to Sacramento, here in California, state capital, and advocating for policies that that will bring in more funding for mental health services, for primary care services, for substance use treatment services. Um, Unfortunately, we just don't have enough time for that. In social work in our case, load. but there are policies that we could support and organizations that we can join to promote these policies, and it's just a matter of keeping track of the latest policies from the NASW newsletters and from other uh, social work websites out there that you could subscribe to. So keep track of the policies and advocate for the ones that will bring in more funding so that we can ultimately advocate for the interests of the client in a way that's more effective and efficient. So with that said, um, thank you again for listening to this episode. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Have a good day. Bye.